I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. We are like constantly surprised doing this, uh, how many Bitcoin films are out there. Our list of Bitcoin films in the making has over 30 titles now. There has to be industry and that's what we're trying to foster and build network around uh, with Bitcoin Film Fest. I'm also working on a second uh, documentary film called The Fight for the US Dollar. And this one is um, more about the three-letter institutions of our world and how they keep a certain dynamic that is, you know, the developed world shall develop, whereas the uh, world in development shall never develop. Uh, and also simply why. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guests today are Pierre and Tomek, who are the co-founders of the Bitcoin Film Fest. Pierre is also the creator of the most watched Bitcoin documentary called The Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin. And in addition to his work at the Bitcoin Film Fest, Tomek is a libertarian activist, prediction markets enthusiast, and buzzmaker at Albi. If you're looking for a way to celebrate the halving in April, one thing you can do if you're not going to be in Jackson, Mississippi, celebrating at the Bellhaven Town Center, aka BTC, there's also going to be a European halving party that takes place at the same time as this year's Film Fest. As always, before we get to our interview with Tomek and Pierre, I do want to take a minute to thank those who have been supporting the podcast on Fountain in the last week, as well as share this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight. So first of all, thank you to those who have been streaming SaaS to the podcast, including user 7847230 and no waste BTC signs. Thank you also to those who sent boosts, including Piez, Lassitari, and Joseph Featheroff, who all sent 100 sats, and MCOT3D, who sent 285 sats and said, thanks for sharing your experience being homeschooled as a kid. Of course, that is in reference to the episode a few weeks ago, where I reshared my interview from the Bitcoin for Homeschoolers podcast. If you would like to support the show, I encourage you to download the Fountain app and either stream sats as you listen or send a boost. And if you send a boost with a comment, I'll be sure to read that comment on an upcoming episode. Now, for this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, we're going to Bitcoin Bay. Bitcoin Bay is an in-person Bitcoin-only meetup in the Tampa Bay area. Their focuses are community, prosperity, and resilience. They started as a BitDevs meetup but quickly realized that people weren't ready to learn about Taproot when they still didn't even have wallets. They now meet weekly with one special monthly event. Their next event is the Sound Money Soiree on February 3rd. They're just getting started and are excited to build Tampa Bay into the vacation spot for Bitcoiners. If you want to learn more about the Sound Money Soiree and what else Bitcoin Bay is up to, you can find those links in the show notes below. And if you're not in the Tampa Bay area but want to find a Bitcoin meetup near you, I encourage you to download the Oshi app where you'll be able to do just that. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Pierre and Tomek right after this. 
business owners. Unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Pierre and Tomek, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having us. Hey, Josh. How are you? So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. All right. Pierre, we'll start with you. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Uh, The first time I learned about Bitcoin, it was my older brother that told me about it, uh, like this crazy internet money. Uh, and then, so that was, I think, like 2010. And then in 2013, he got into mining uh, and quickly started mining, you know, crypto because it wasn't profitable to mine Bitcoin because there was already more, uh, I mean, better miners out there. Uh, but that's, you know, I mean, I remember him telling me about all of this, showing me all of this stuff, but I guess maybe I was too young. I don't know. I, at the same time, I was, I was leaving. I was going to go study in, in Australia. So it just, uh, yeah went out of went out of my mind. So I only got into Bitcoin in 2017. And in fact, I got into crypto before getting into Bitcoin, just like just like most people do. When I really started considering myself a Bitcoiner, or at least someone that thinks that Bitcoin is the only thing that matters was I say 2019. Mm, mm. Tobik, how about you? When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? It was quite early. I didn't get, uh, I, I wasn't that interested then yet. And I understood it much later around 2019, 20, but my first encounter with it was, well, I was a large part of my life. I, I still am a libertarian activist locally here in Poland. So when Bitcoin like surfaced to Poland to like Polish internet sphere, I've heard from some libertarian friends that, all right, like this is this internet money. And there was this essay by Hayek, the nationalization of money, and like, this is the dream, this is the dream, we have it, and this ends the Fed, you remember, because we were uh, at that time quite like a Polish version of followers of Ron Paul and then the Fed campaign. So I remember like it was my first encounter, maybe it was 2012, maybe 13, uh, but of course, like for a few many years, uh, unfortunately, I did not put that much attention there and I did not, well, learn enough. So question number two is this, and Tomek, we'll maybe stay with you for this answer. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? Probably I, w- I would say it, it would be the fact that the, the strength of Bitcoin, all right, it relies on decentralization, in, it relies on uh, energy, it relies on cryptography, <clears throat> but why people should use Bitcoin is because this is the money of choice. This is the um, technology that was designed to be money. And this is like a pure free market and encapsulated in this, well, not only technology, but a phenomena. While the other monies, fiat money that we use, were uh, well, money of uh, money of suppression and money of force. They were, uh, they were created to support war and they are they are created to support war consistently while bitcoin was created to be money and uh pierre how about you yeah yeah <laughs> um so i think somewhat similar but maybe the idea that bitcoin is no big deal i mean like people shouldn't uh, instantly when you have a conversation about bitcoin with someone they're instantly going to you know think that it's something special that it 
is a necessity, that it's, you know, money that is used by terrorism, uh, that it's, uh, you know, bad for the environment or like that it's uh, this Ponzi scheme. Like, uh, I mean, Bitcoin is no such big deal. It's just money. Like, and I think that's that's what a lot of people need to first understand before they can get into all the deeper stuff that I think is absolutely necessary for people to understand. But, you know, just like a lot of people don't care about how money works and I think we'll never learn or really care, understand how money works. Same thing will be true about Bitcoin. So I think the first step for people to realize that, you know, um, Bitcoin is just money. That's a good word. Yeah. And And Josh, this is the question that you ask everyone, right? Yep. Yep. What is your answer then? Mm, you mm. Hey, you're not supposed to be doing this on the show. No. So uh, the the thing, and I, I've posted this on Twitter once or twice, maybe, and it's just the thing that that I I always feel like I my mind comprehends, and then it as soon as I think I understand it, it, it blows my mind again. Is the true scarcity of Bitcoin? Like, how many things in this world are truly scarce? And we don't really we we haven't seen that really so that every time i think that it's like okay yeah okay i understand the scarcity and the implications of that i think i wrap my mind around it and then it just blows my mind again so that's that that would be my answer there are plenty of other things i could say but that's the one that just jumps out yeah that's good i appreciate you asking asking me that though because it is kind of fun to be able to answer some of these questions as well now pierre what is the bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people well, of course, I'm going to be a bit biased uh, on this one, but uh, so I directed the film The Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin. So obviously, when uh, when someone, you know, when I want to tell someone about Bitcoin or just say what's a quick way for you to learn some things, well, I recommend my documentary, which I recommend anyone that is watching this, of course, to go watch it as well. Um, because I think it's just uh, it's it's an easy. Uh, I mean, that was my goal at least. Uh, of course, feedback I got is that, and again, that was also my goal. It's the kind of film that you have to watch twice to really grasp everything. If you're not familiar with all mm. of these concepts around Bitcoin, if you are, then I think I mean you know there is not that much to learn for for Bitcoiners already. Um, and and I think uh, you know compressing so much information around Bitcoin in an hour and 20 minutes is uh, is just an easy way for, for people to get first onboarded because, you know, although what really opened my eyes when it comes to Bitcoin was the Bitcoin standard, I was already down the rabbit hole and I don't think the Bitcoin standard is necessarily, or I mean, I don't know, I guess it depends on, on people obviously, but it, it's, a, it's maybe a harder book to uh, just get started with Bitcoin. Um, yeah, so my film, The Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin. Perfect. And Tomek, how about for you, the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? <laughs> my Twitter profile. I wanted to recommend... I wanted to recommend our uh, Filmfest YouTube channel, but then, then I thought, okay, let's, 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 let's go somewhere else. <clears throat> I would then go for uh, the book Atlas Shrugged mm-hmm. by Ayn Rand. Yeah. Mm. You know, like there is often like the discussion, especially in culture, whether this is a Bitcoin movie, whether Matrix is a Bitcoin movie. So is Atlas Shrugged actually a Bitcoin resource? Uh, I think it is, um, particularly for the um, the moral look on money. And like, of course, Atlas Shrugged is much more than about money. It's about your life philosophy and what is able to achieve for a human being and what is moral to achieve and how there is no contradiction um, between them. But also there is uh, one a very nice passage, the money speech by Francisco D'Anconia that is sometimes quite quite often, I think, like retweeted and shared in Bitcoin circles. Mm-hmm. It is one of the 
it's not a John Galt speech which lasts for 300 pages. This one has only like 40 pages, but it's really worth uh, reading. <clears throat> kind of answering question, not what is money, but why money is good. Mm, and I think all of us, we need probably like all of us, we already have it, but it's important to um, to have like the moral ground that you are that you know that you are fighting on a moral ground as well, that you know that what you're doing is good, that it's not burning uh, pool, swimming pools, that it's not uh, in oceans, that it's not uh, stealing for somebody else or even like from future generations because you are here and it's a Ponzi scheme, you're earlier. Uh, no, you need to know that, I mean, I cannot tell you what you need to do, but it's, it's really good when you know that what you are doing is uh, ethically good. Mm -hmm. It gives lots of, lots of inspiration, fuel and, uh, certainty in life. So Atlas Shrugged is my Bitcoin resource. Excellent. And then one quick note for people there, because I totally agree with that. I, I love the book. I've I've listened to it. I, I like audiobooks just because I can do other things at the same time, but I've listened to it multiple times. There is an multiple times. It, it, it would take like, like a year. <laughs> I, you know, my friend, I listen to two and a half times speed. I can listen to <laughs> almost any book in a, inside of a week. <laughs> but um, the the there is a, an abridged version that the the normal audiobook is like 50 55 hours long depending on the reader there's an abridged version that people can listen to this you know 11 or 12 hours long mm -hmm. and it it i could not discern that much of a difference so they they somehow cut out 80% of the material and it's still just as good you miss some of the the speeches they're truncated but if if what's getting in between you and reading or listening to Atlas Shrugged is the length of it, then definitely check out the abridged version. And hopefully that'll interest you enough to where you'll listen to the full one in the future. Mm -hmm. Question number four is, is this beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource tool or idea that's been helpful to you or your work at Bitcoin Film Fest recently? Tomic, let's start with you. That has been valuable to me. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of prediction markets concept. And it's been helpful in my career and also in my understanding of market price discovery and price systems. Uh, you know, prediction markets is a concept where you could trade information where when payout on the contract, on information contract, it is strictly dependent on a certain event in the future. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then if you, if you have such inform, some such future contracts based when payout is based on information, then the price of such contract is almost well, it's the estimate of probability of such event to happen. Mm, and like the, the, I think besides Bitcoin, this technology is something that world needs because as humanity, it's always, I mean, for, for each of us, it's, it's always great to know what's happening in the future, to estimate some risk, to make any decision in life, we estimate some future. And if we let, because currently the, Biggest challenge is legal, it's not technology anymore, uh, to have open prediction markets. And if we overcome these challenges and we let humanity to have open prediction markets, open information markets, I think it, it, it puts us, a society, on a, like a next level of communication mm, of, of, of our species, right? Very interesting. All right. So Pierre, how about you, a Bitcoin uh, or a outside of Bitcoin, a resource tool or idea that's been helpful to you or your work at Bitcoin Film Fest recently? Yeah. So in general, uh, I think a tool but it's very linked to Bitcoin, obviously, although for us Bitcoiners, it's linked to Bitcoin. Uh, but for other users, it might not. It's uh, Noster and the use of, Nost of Noster mm -hmm. and trying to, to build things on Noster that is just uh, 
pretty fascinating, I think. Uh, I know that Tomic agrees with me because we talk about this stuff a, a bunch. Uh, uh, simply because it just uh, changes different interactions we can have uh, with apps and such, which uh, which I think is, uh, I mean, it's just interesting. And even, you know, me, myself being a programmer as well, being able to create an app where your entire user management is uh, handled via Noster is pretty interesting because you can create an account, you know, you can update your info and then you can log it into any other platform and the same thing is there. And I mean, it just leads to a lot of reusability, which is just uh, kind of a, uh, Fun to fun to build on, um, and uh, so Tomic himself, he's also experimenting a lot with Noster and different uh, new tools that exist out there that we're also trying to uh, use and leverage for the Bitcoin Film Fest, uh, such as different events uh, that uh, Tomic set up on uh, uh, platforms like Flockster uh, and uh, and the such uh, to you know generate some some sales this way, but just communicate uh, uh, about this in general. I mean, if uh, you know we're all about these kind of texts in, in the Bitcoin coin space, then I think we have to try and, and use them uh, where we can. All right. So, Pierre, now we have our final, what we call our arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Um, I, think, I think why. Because why not is only in the case where you're trying to uh, argue um, um, or defend something, whereas why can be used in that case too, <laughs> all while just trying to be open about uh, different uh, situations, right? If someone tells you no, you can say why <laughs> instead of why not. But also if someone tells you anything, whatever new concept, you can always go and ask why, which is just a more open question, I think, than why not. And Tomek, how about you? As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Well, I think philosophically, you just need to first answer the question why to know why not, or answer some other, some more important questions why than to say why not something. But as a life principle, well, definitely it's better to pursue something than avoid something because then you choose the object that you pursue, but usually the object that you avoid, it chooses you. So I prefer to be in control of this choice. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Velis Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Velis Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Velis is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Velis Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Velis Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VelisCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at VelisCommerce. Let's make 
make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. All right, gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about the Bitcoin Film Fest. I think it's one of those things that a lot of Bitcoiners have probably seen, whether it's on Twitter, heard people talk about it. Uh, but today we're going to get a little more information. So, Tomek, uh, let's start off with you, if we can. Tell us a little bit about the Bitcoin Film Fest and sort of what you are looking to do through this project. Uh, Bitcoin Film Fest started as a film, as name indicates, a film festival. We with Pierre did uh, with a very quick notice uh, did a small cozy but well done actually a film festival the first probably of such scales for Bitcoin in such scale for Bitcoin only community but uh, eventually it developed into in an initiative that tries in various ways we try to promote and foster growth of Bitcoin cinema through podcasts being guests. Thank you for invitation. Being hosts of some uh, online and live meetups, uh, or arranging screenings at various conferences. Um, <clears throat> there is few larger things, major things on our roadmap, and we plan to build an alternative Hollywood uh, with an orange lenses. But uh, as for now, we focus on Bitcoin Film Festival 2024, which is in April in Warsaw. Um, what I'm looking by myself there, uh, well, I love Bitcoin. I always loved cinema. Mm. I love organizing events. And when I met with Pierre, it was a Bitcoin meetup in November last year, over a year ago, a bit. Mm. Uh, we met and like during that month through our Bitcoin Maxi meetups that I organized in Warsaw, we met few interesting people and inspiring that uh, we decided, okay, let's do it. And like by doing so and actually executing it, um, well, it gives you it gives you really lots of lots of you know power, lots of satisfaction that you delivered something. So that was that's what what fuels me to continue uh, doing that. But also, after our uh, film festival, why we are not just a film festival? Because uh, what was really positively surprising what happened after we organized the Bitcoin Film Fest 2023 in March in Warsaw, which was a follow up after that. Because so many Bitcoiners from around the world started messaging us. Like, hey, I, I'm shooting a movie in Azores, I need actors. Hey, uh, we are organi organizing a, a filmmaking workshops, do you want to participate? Hey, I'm looking for funding. Hey, come to our conferences. Conference, And we saw that, okay, like there is some demand, we are doing a good job. Mm. So it gives me satisfaction. Mm. That's why I do it. But also I, I, I can see that this industry is still a bit nascent, mm. the industry uh, meaning Bitcoin films, Bitcoin cinema. Of course, Bitcoin is also nascent, like it's just 15 years. So what can we expect? Uh, it needs a little bit of like help, of nudging from people like me, Pierre, from some organization that, that builds a networking, that builds an information hub for, for Bitcoin cinema. That's what we do. Mm. And yeah, we are driven by this um, group mission by ideological mission and by individual passion, I guess. Yeah, mm. and if, if, if I can add to that too, it's just this idea that, uh, you know, in the in a world that we think is going to hyper-Bitcoinize, I mean, that's that everyone is going at one point uh, is going to get into Bitcoin. And it means that there is a huge potential for any niche 
uh, that specializes in Bitcoin to exist. And with, you know, everyone, including from the cinema world, because we have a few in our, in our network that are professionals, including from Hollywood, that are also Bitcoiners. Well, you know, these people, they have their center of interest that is filmmaking, their other center of interest that is Bitcoin, because we tend to obsess about this when you, you know, you truly get orange pilled. Well, then, you know, they can have, they can have this place to, to go to that is around, you know, Bitcoin and, and cinema, uh, ideally bringing together both of their uh, top passions. Yeah. And so, Pierre, I'm, I'm sort of curious here. What is the uh, what are the skill sets that each of you brings to the team? Do you both come from an artistic cinema background or do you bring a complementary skill sets to the founding of the Bitcoin Film Fest? So I think, uh, you know, that I know of, I don't think Tomek comes from an artistic background, uh, although he does uh, play music. Uh, and he even did a concert last year at the conference he was organizing at the same time as the as the oh, Bitcoin Film okay. Fest. Uh, but so I think this is mostly the, the skill set that, that Tomek has that is organization, like he knows how to do stuff like that, whereas I don't. <laughs> right. So that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, try I'm trying to learn and follow and stuff, but there's just this this extra energy that then this level of craziness that that you know that I know I'm lacking that that Tomic has and really uh, brings uh, you know with his passion and expertise like the right way of doing that. Um, me, I mean, yeah. So I did a Bitcoin documentary, one of the most watched, uh, in fact, and. Um, you know, I think I, I bring more of this artistic touch, I guess, but I don't consider myself an artist at all. Like, I, it was the first film. I, you know, I, I worked. Does that have a negative connotation for you? No, no, not at all. Actually, I think uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 positive, right? And and I do think that uh, a lot of the stuff that I do is extremely creative, right? But uh, you know, when it comes to the artistic side of things, I tend to let other people take care of that. I just guide with my ideas, and people can actually create art. Um, that's just, you know, um, I have better ideas than, uh, uh, um, actually being able to, to do the, the artsy elements. Yeah, but that is Pierre who brings to Bitcoin Film Fest uh, the knowledge about yeah. filmmaking, the, the the knowledge how it looks behind the scenes, because mm -hmm. we can guess, oh, hey, filmmaker, bring us a film, we will show it in the cinema. It's much more complicated, and Pierre also knows uh, people in the industry, so, so this is our film guy. Uh, having made a film, obviously, you know, you learn some stuff uh, applied to film festivals, was accepted in different film festivals, including in Florida and such. So it's, uh, you know, it's the kind of experience that, of course, uh, can can bring a lot. Uh, and and again, you know, it's it makes it puts me one of the people that is at this intersection. You know, it's all about Bitcoin, but I really like I like cinema in general. I'm working on a second uh, documentary project. And, you know, I think that's, uh, yeah. But my background, though, has nothing to do with that. It's uh, corporate uh, programming like this, this kind of stuff. So I think throughout the course of this interview, I'd like to know about some projects that Bitcoiners should be aware of. Maybe talk a little bit about the uh, artistic side of um, the Bitcoin world, even though you said you're not, you don't consider yourself too much of an artist. You're certainly a creator. Maybe before that, though, since we're here to talk about the Bitcoin Film Fest, if we could go over back over to you, Tomek, just what what should people expect when they show up? What's the event going to be like? What is what does 2024 look like in particular? And I'm sure it's going to be a, a a big party with the having as well. Uh, yeah, so we have just one year of experience, um, and next year is still being planned because besides the Bitcoin Film Fest, uh, we are arranging the European halving party, mm -hmm. and and the halving party, as you might know, you might guess, 
it's not just a Bitcoin conference, but it's a place where we can network and celebrate. While one of the major points of, uh, of the agenda would be the Bitcoin Film Fest. So we do it in the Palace of Culture in Warsaw, which is probably the most iconic building in Poland, for sure in Warsaw. Mm, and it's right in the center, it's huge, and the cinema is a really grand venue. Mm. This is the place where actually Polish cinema premieres, and this is a place where Bitcoin Film Fest premiered, and uh, that's where few premieres will be played in uh, April. 19, 20, and 21st, 2024, 20, uh, because there is around, we expect now, around 12 movies to be screened, which are like movies, I mean, like longer than 30 minutes. I guess like not all of them would deliver on time. Some of them would need to premiere somewhere else. Uh, but then we can make some presentation from the creator, just showing clips. And sometimes people prefer that than just watching a film for one and a half hour. So the program will be quite various. For sure, you would see almost everything that happened in Bitcoin cinema in the last year, mm. because we are in good touch with the filmmakers and they all can't wait to come and screen in Warsaw. But, Bitcoin, but the European Halving Party will also consist of, of course, party. Of course, uh, some panel discussions and networking games. We plan also to start something that we call uh, halving games, okay. because <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a bit crazy concept and uh, we're still trying to figure the most elegant way to organize it. So what is it? We figure that uh, this halving, this is just a fourth halving and uh, next halving, next halvings probably will be bigger events. Uh, I, I predict that Bitcoin will be bigger phenomena. Bitcoin halvings also will be bigger and the next one will be even bigger. And it happens every four years. It's like the main point in Bitcoiners calendars, some kind of like for long time of, of Western civilization, there was Olympics was every four years, a major part of calendar. And instead of Olympic games, let's do halving games, mm. meaning let's start some tradition. Let's start something that we could replicate across other halving parties that are uh, next year. And we are in touch, uh, in good touch with guys from Santorini, from Connecticut, Thailand, uh, New Zealand, uh, Salvador halving party. And they are also up for that to at least do something similar that we could call a halving game. Uh, and that also could be easy to replicate in the next four years and next four years. And our dream is that in hundred years, somebody will look back at halving games and we'll think, okay, where it started. Yeah, it was Warsaw. Yeah, so we will try, meaning halving games, we will try to gamify the event. And there will be few competitions, like we want to organize uh, Bitcoin Bowling World Championship. And there will be some quiz. There will be, of course, we will count some attendance to Bitcoin films. Bitcoin films also uh, will have awards for best Bitcoin films. Hmm. I'm not sure even how we can do it in three days. So, like, we need to make the day like 36 hours to <laughs> fit all of our ideas in the agenda. <laughs> packed schedule, definitely book April 20, 19, and 21st. Uh, in your calendars, but definitely uh, party uh, party we can promise would be fun. Okay, that's very cool. I appreciate you sharing all that. Now, uh, Pierre, I do want to talk a little bit about Bitcoin films as well. You've already talked about yours a little mm -hmm. bit, but for those who haven't seen it yet, uh, the Great Reset and the Rise of Bitcoin um, has been. Uh, 
you know, I think the first time I watched it may have been last year. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when it's been a minute. So I think it just for anyone who either has watched it in the past or hasn't didn't even know about it before today, it might be helpful to kind of get the, the lowdown on your film, as well as some projects that are on the horizon that you feel like people should be like, staying aware of, um, making sure that when they come out, uh, those those projects are being watched as well. Mm -hmm. So the Great Reset, as well as other ones on the horizon that people need to be aware of. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Great Reset, the rise of Bitcoin, um, it's um, the I mean, the whole idea of it was that, uh, you know, part of uh, what I was discovering when when learning about Bitcoin and also what everyone was talking about during the last cycle was that, you know, inflation and Bitcoin is the hedge for inflation. And and that's something that, uh, you know, I, I understood just a year, two years before before making the film. And um, I thought it was an, an important topic. And on top of that, uh, there was uh, there's this uh, video that was created by Ray Dalio that is called How the Economic Machine Works, where he explains three things that central banks uh, do whenever there's you know a change in the in the debt cycle and the, explaining the long term and the short term debt cycles and so that's really what i wanted to cover and then explain how bitcoin fits in that context which um I mean, worked out really well. I ended up packing even more stuff because I mean, what's difficult when you make a film like that is that you could literally never end it because there's always more information. Mm -hmm. There's new things that you could pack in there. Um, but, you know, I also went into covering precisely how Bitcoin works, covering some elements of the Lightning Network, the impact on, with, uh, uh, on sorry, the usage of Bitcoin, uh, of energy, and also its impact on the environment and just, you know, trying to kill some of this FUD. Um, yeah, but then bringing it all back to Bitcoin in the context of the future of our economy in this debt spiral that we're in, um, which resonated a lot uh, with a lot of people. I even had a lot of uh, finance professionals that told me you nailed it, which is quite flattering because, you know, sure, I studied finance, sure, that's the kind of stuff you research, etc. But uh, putting, you know, yourself out there with these kind of things is always a bit, uh, I mean, you never know um, mm -hmm. if you say something stupid, then it's, uh, yeah. And of course, uh, you know, on YouTube, a lot of people had these kind of uh, emotions and uh, enjoyed arguing about this or that point in my film, which... Uh, which is, you know, it's always uh, positive and good to be able to exchange on these kind of things with people. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I'm, I'm also working on a second uh, documentary film called The Fight for the U.S. Dollar. And this one is um, more about the um, three-letter institutions of our world and how they... Mm. Um, keep a certain dynamic that is, you know, the developed world shall develop, whereas the uh, world in development shall never develop. Uh, and also simply why? Because it's all for the dollar and these organizations work together in order to support the dollar and the system that we're in that will eventually fail. And Bitcoin could, that's the argument, could be an important part of this uh, new financial system. Uh, so that's a very interesting one, very hard in terms of research, I have to say harder than the first film, because there was just uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of extra research that we had to do, and uh, you know, having to go deep into how these uh, organizations work and, and how they uh, literally collude uh, together and uh, you know digging out some documents from the 60s that explain this quite clearly is uh, is something that requires a lot of research and i was lucky to have uh, the right people in my team to do that particularly 
person that wrote the film for me that's called Neil uh, that uh, did an amazing work and I hope we'll do more work. Now when it comes, uh, because this I'm not sure when it's going to come out, I'm not going to lie, I was hoping it would be for the Bitcoin Film Fest next year, but it might be tough. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure. It might have to wait, yeah. Is this one of the ones that Tomek was talking about where you might have to show some clips and talk about it? So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. But the, show some clips, talk about it, no problem, right? It's just having it finished. That's where, like, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, but we'll we'll see about that. It's just you know, it's five months away, and I see uh, I see the the you know truckload of work that is still to be done for the film to be completed. Because you know, once you've got all the research done, you've done all the interviews, and uh, you've got the script. Uh, well, then you know, like this is good enough to like write a book about it. But you need to add all of the images on top, and this is where where it gets uh, gets very hard. In fact, it's uh, it's interesting the challenge that that it is to make a film. Just the whole again the research you need to do, and then writing it on paper. Even the script we have now is one hour too long. So you know, it's a uh, you already try to make something extremely complex very concise and even when you think you've pushed it as far as you could you still need to go more concise and so there's a lot of uh, tough decisions you have to make because what you thought was a great story point ends up being something you have to get rid of and that's uh, it's painful it hurts but it is what it is you know you gotta like in the end what matters is the story and how people are, are going to discover it. Maybe it's easier to create a, like a feature film, fictional, because once you have this, like all everything is shot, you already let your actors go, you have to edit it. Now when you find something that you don't like, you, you, you want to recreate it. Yeah, right? uh, exactly. So that's, uh, and that, that's part of what we're missing is uh, filming the elements actually the actor side of things right uh, but because of course there's the whole narration uh, that has to happen in order to just uh, just elevate the storytelling in the film itself and this is uh, it, it's hard because in an investigation style like I want to do it um, there's just so many I mean I have to go through the entire script go through each element that I know we're going to want to film and I have for each historical reference and character and whatever situation and story that we have, I need to be able to find images that I will then need to uh, print, that I will then need to figure out where I fit them in my investigation room. So it's just a lot of elements that need to be uh, uh, still uh, generated, I suppose, in order for us to be able to film this and add it in this uh, this whole storyline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have a huge budget and you have uh, people you can delegate this to, then I think uh, it's much easier. But in my case, unfortunately, um, a lot of this uh, has to be done by me. Therefore, I have to sometimes sacrifice certain, some progress to progress with other uh, things that, that I'm working on. So, you know, it's, it's always choosing is to... Uh, uh, oh no, that's a French saying, but I'm not sure how you'd say it in English. But you know that when you choose something, you're obviously giving up something else. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So I, I kind of wanted to go down the road a little bit more about kind of the the future of uh, Bitcoin artistic endeavors as you see them. We're sort of running out of time today. I like to keep these episodes not too too long. Uh, so maybe we can just go to final thoughts if you want to incorporate any of that into your answer. That's fine. But Tomek, let's start with you. What are some final thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners with connected to the Bitcoin Film Fest or anything else? I think I could leave a note with an answer to a question we are often asked by uh, audience Bitcoiners when we meet each other at Bitcoin, like some conferences. Mm -hmm. They often ask like, oh, there is like there are Bitcoin films. 
and yeah there is there is more there is, there is more than one definitely there is uh, we are we were we are like constantly surprised doing this uh, how many bitcoin films are out there and uh, like every maybe now not so often but now every month maybe we learn about the new one that is being started or, or that is being made currently but we were not aware before our list of bitcoin films in the making has over 30 titles now uh w while probably 10 12 of them will be released before bitcoin film fest so it's an industry which is uh still like a bit uh, crouch tiger uh i think also that we 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 will see much bigger things on a large screen once once, uh, of course, there is option when Netflix or Amazon realizes that, oh, the biggest story that unfolds in front of our eyes is Bitcoin and the biggest mm -hmm. mystery is who is Satoshi Nakamoto. Let's do a film about it. We also want to be there. Like, it's better if a bit, big Bitcoin, big uh, Netflix blockbuster about Satoshi, it would be better if it would be done with cooperation with some uh, proper Bitcoiners. Mm -hmm. mm, but I think also we will see a lot happening once also Bitcoin reaches another, another price levels because talking with various filmmakers, uh, we can see that there is like lots of creative potential, there is lots of ideas, there is stronger and growing network of filmmakers because to do a big film you need to know, and you also want to work with Bitcoiners, and you, you, you need to know your staff, some directors, producers, actors, there has to be industry and that's what we're trying to foster and build network around uh, with Bitcoin Film Fest. And once Bitcoin also hits these different price levels, this creativity will unleash because this great artists will have much more resources much more spare time to to pursue their project and put their idea onto screen yeah excellent pierre how about you any final thoughts that you have as well as where people can go to keep up with the two of you and bitcoin film fest uh yeah so i think you know but just like atomic described the world of bitcoin cinema is only gonna get more and more interesting as new stories develop and new people come in with their own skill set and their own um you know their own storytelling skills but also filmmaking skills animation skills etc so everything is uh, gonna develop uh quickly with uh, different types of formats uh, today we see a lot of documentaries uh, but uh, not only there's definitely other things that are being worked on at this stage mostly in the short format but it's just a matter of time before we get these like big stories just like just like tomic mentioned in these big studios get, getting into this um so I think it's interesting and uh, there's just so many creative people that are passionate about Bitcoin, just like, you know, most Bitcoiners are that want to express their creativity uh, while explaining Bitcoin in, in one form or another. So, I mean, I think that's very interesting. And, and we at the Bitcoin Film Fest, our goal is to promote all of their work and bring all of these people together and all of these artists together. So I think, uh, you know, um, if you want to get a taste of it, come to the Bitcoin Film Fest. Uh, we really encourage everyone to come April 19th to 21st. And you can follow us on Twitter, obviously. Um, just uh, look for Film Fest BTC. Uh, so you'll find Bitcoin Film Fest there. And, uh, you know, our tickets are available on Geyser. You can go find us there too, geyser.fund. Uh, and on our website, just go into European Having Party and there's all the links to get the tickets, uh, including the super pleb tickets that allow you to just uh, get access to everything uh, and get the best time of, you know, the whole weekend event. That's uh, great to hear. Well, Pierre Tomek, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Take Josh. Care. Thank you, Pierre.
Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me, Pierre, or Tomek, you can find those links down in the show notes. And be sure to check out the Bitcoin Film Fest as well. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today